Chapter Fifty Three of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Fifty Three i am pleased with my new captain obtain leave to go home find my father afflicted with a very strange disease and prove myself a very good doctor although the disorder always breaks out in a fresh place the day after o'brien had sailed for the east indies the dockyard men came on board to survey the brig and she was found so defective as to be ordered into dock i had received letters from my sister who was overjoyed at the intelligence of my safe return and the anticipation of seeing me the accounts of my father were however very unsatisfactory my sister wrote that disappointment and anxiety had had such an effect upon him that he was deranged in his intellect our new captain came down to join us he was a very young man had never before commanded a ship his character as lieutenant was well known and not very satisfactory being that of a harsh unpleasant officer but as he had never been first lieutenant it was impossible to say what he might prove when in command of a ship still we were a little anxious about it and severely regretted the loss of o'brien he came on board the hulk to which the ship's company had been turned over and read his commission he proved to be all affability condescension and good nature to me he was particularly polite stating that he should not interfere with me in carrying out the duty as i must be so well acquainted with the ship's company we thought that those who gave us the information must have been prejudiced or mistaken in his character during the half hour that he remained on board i stated that now that the brig was in dock i should very much like to have an opportunity of seeing my friends if he would sanction my asking for leave to this he cheerfully consented adding that he would extend it upon his own responsibility my letter to the admiralty was therefore forwarded through him and was answered in the affirmative the day afterwards i set off by the coach and once more embraced my dear sister after the first congratulations were over i inquired about my father she replied that he was so wild that nobody could manage him that he was melancholy and irritable at the same time and was certainly deranged fancying himself to be made of various substances or to be in a certain trade or capacity that he generally remained in this way four or five days when he went to bed and slept 
for twenty-four hours or more and awoke with some new strange imagination in his head his language was violent but that in other respects he seemed to be more afraid of other people than inclined to be mischievous and that every day he was getting more strange and ridiculous he had now just risen from one of his long naps and was in his study that before he had fallen asleep he had fancied himself to be a carpenter and had sawed and chopped up several articles of furniture in the house i quitted my sister to see my father whom i found in his easy-chair i was much shocked in his appearance he was thin and haggard his eyes were wild and he remained with his mouth constantly open a sick nurse who had been hired by my sister was standing by him pish 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 cried my father what can you know what can you a stupid old woman know about my inside i tell you the gas is generating fast and even now i can hardly keep on my chair i'm lifting lifting now and if you don't tie me down with cords i shall go up like a balloon indeed sir replied the woman it's only the wind in your stomach you'll break it off directly it's inflammable gas you old hecate i know it is tell me will you get a cord or will you not ha who's that peter why you've dropped from the clouds just in time to see me mount up to them i hope you feel yourself better sir said i i fell myself a great deal lighter every minute get a cord peter and tie me to the leg of the table i tried to persuade him that he was under a mistake but it was useless he became excessively violent and said i wished him in heaven as i had heard that it was better to humor people with afflicted with hypochondriasm, which was evidently the disease under which my father labored i tried that method it appears to me sir said i that if we could remove the gas every ten minutes it would be a very good plan yes but how replied he shaking his head mournfully why with a syringe sir said i which will if empty of course draw out the gas when inserted into your mouth my dear peter you have saved my life replied my father be quick though or i shall go up right through the ceiling fortunately there was an instrument of that description in the house i applied it to his mouth drew up the piston and then ejected the air and reapplied it in two minutes he pronounced himself better and i left the old nurse hard at work and my father very considerably pacified i returned to my sister to whom i recounted what had passed but it was no source of mirth to us although had it happened to an indifferent person i might have been amused the idea of leaving her 
as I must soon do, having only a fortnight's leave, to be worried by my father's unfortunate malady was very distressing. But we entered into a long conversation in which I recounted the adventures that had taken place since I had left her, and for the time forgot our source of annoyance and regret. For three days my father insisted upon the old woman pumping the gas out of his body. After that he again fell into one of his sound sleeps, which lasted nearly thirty hours. When he arose, I went again to see him. It was eight o'clock in the evening, and I entered with a candle. Take it away, quick! Take it away! Put it out carefully! Why, what's the matter, sir? Don't come near me, if you love me. Don't come near me. Put it out, I say. Put it out. I obeyed his orders, and then asked him the reason. Reason, said he, now that we were in the dark. Can't you see? No, father, I can see nothing in the dark. Well, then, Peter, I'm a magazine full of gunpowder, the least spark in the world, and I am blown up. Consider the danger. You surely would not be the destruction of your old father, Peter. And the poor old gentleman burst into tears and wept like a child. I knew that it was in vain to reason with him. My dear father, said I, on board ship, when there is any danger of this kind, we always float the magazine. Now, if you were to drink a good deal of water, the powder would be spoiled, and there would be no danger. My father was satisfied with my proposal, and drank a tumbler of water every half hour, which the old nurse was obliged to supply as fast as he called for it, and this satisfied him for three or four days, and I was again left to the company of my dear Ellen, when my father again fell into his stupor, and we wondered what would be his next fancy. I was hastily summoned by the nurse, and found my poor father lying in bed, and breathing in a very strange manner. "'What is the matter, my dear sir?' inquired I. "'Why, don't you see what's the matter? How is the poor little infant, just born, to live, unless its mother is near to suckle it and take care of it?' "'Indeed, sir, do you mean to say that you are just born?' "'To be sure, I do. I am dying for the breast.' This was almost too absurd, but I gravely observed that it was all very true, but unfortunately his mother had died in childbirth, and that the only remedy was to bring him up by hand. He agreed with me. I desired the nurse to make some gruel with brandy and feed him, which she did, and he took the gruel just as if he were a baby. This fit lasted about six days, for he went to sleep because a baby always slept much, and I was in hopes it would last much longer. But he again went off into his lethargic fit, and after a long sleep awoke with a new fancy. 
my time had nearly expired and i had written to my new captain requesting an extension of leave but i received an answer stating that it could not be granted and requesting me to join the brig immediately i was rather surprised at this but of course was compelled to obey and embracing my dear sister once more set off for portsmouth i advised her to humour my father and this advice she followed but his fancies were such occasionally as would have puzzled the most inventive genius to combat or to find a remedy which he might acknowledge to be requisite his health became certainly worse and worse and his constitution was evidently destroyed by a slow undermining bodily and mental fever the situation of my poor sister was very distressing and i must say that i quitted her with melancholy forebodings i ought here to observe that i received all my prize money amounting to one thousand five hundred and sixty pounds a large sum for a lieutenant i put it into the funds and gave a power of attorney to ellen requesting her to use it as her own we consulted as to what she should do if my father should die and agreed that all his debts which we knew to amount to three or four hundred pounds should be paid and that she should manage how she could upon what was left of my father's property and the interest of my prize money End of chapter 53